2: Welcome back, everyone, to Talking Devils podcast, brought to you by UK, your number one independent Manchester United podcast. And I'm here today, joined by Mr. Lee Lawrence and Phil Marsh, former Manchester United players. And we're here to preview um, this weekend's game against Norwich City in the Premier League. We're also going to talk about um, our previous Champions League fixture this week. And also, we're going to talk about Anthony Martial um, also on the show. And um, first of all, Lee, come to you first. Um, I haven't talked to you in a week. How's the form? How have you been? It's very busy coming up to Christmas. Good evening,
3: guys. Yeah, very, very busy, mate. Two kids wanting uh, everything in the world. Uh, work's been busy trying to provide that for them. So, uh, yeah, busy, busy at the moment. But glad that we're back to winning ways and looking like uh, more of a Man United team this week. So, yeah, all good in, uh, in that respect.
2: It's good, that's good. And looking, I suppose, I know myself today, I finished my Christmas shopping today and there, there's nothing more stressful. And Christmas shopping, I can tell you that thing. Um Phil, also, um, I suppose we're all coming up to Christmas. You've been very busy at work, also busy playing football at the moment, your own festive fixtures at the moment. How how how's your form? It's, it's a very busy time for you.
4: Yeah, not too bad actually. Um obviously winding down a little bit at school because obviously the you know, the need about just over a week left. So um you know, not as hectic as normally in terms of in school. But, yeah, obviously the football side of things, still training and got some big games coming up in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, you know, over Christmas, there's quite a lot of games and stuff. So, um still obviously busy with that and obviously the new house and stuff. So, plenty to be getting on with. And obviously, yeah, kids wanting loads of stuff for Christmas. So, the shopping will be getting done probably in the next couple of weeks to make sure everything's sorted, but yeah, other than that mate, all good, thanks
2: That's good, that's good and it, it's just like Manchester United in the transfer window, everyone's just scrambling these last couple of weeks coming up to Christmas, you don't know what's going to happen to so many twists and turns, that's a that's the like Christmas shopping to you, Manchester United's transfer window, because you just don't know what's going to happen next but usually on the podcast these last couple of Fridays it's been kind of doom and gloom it's, it's been kind of we're hoping to get results, but in this last couple of weeks, we've been getting results um, under our new manager, Ralph Ragnik. Um, it's been a very bright start to his managerial career. Um, two wins. Um, obviously, we, we beat Palace um, in the Premier League on the weekend. Actually, sorry, no, we didn't win. We drew. Well, i correct draw. myself. I'll correct myself. We drew in the Champions League um, against um, young boys. Felt like a win because obviously the, the debuts and whatnot. But... Unbeaten, I'll rephrase myself, unbeaten um, at the start of the Ralph Ragnarok era. Um, Lee, I'll come to you first. Obviously, we, we, we talked about last Sunday briefly, because that, that was obviously when the first team were playing um, against um, Crystal Palace. One-0 um, win, but by, by many accounts, a very impressive and dominating performance um, by United on Sunday. How did you feel about, first of all, Ragnarik's, um set-up, new shape, not, not where we're used to, and also the energy of Manchester United's performance?
3: Yeah, um I think like I say we was all a bit uh, skeptical about how, how the you know the first game was gonna go. We we mentioned it last week that he weren't going to have much time at all to prefer the, prepare the team uh, for the match, and he wasn't going to spend that much time with them, you know, off the field. So we weren't really expecting much, but you could see glimpses of what's going to happen. It looked like they pressed a lot more than they normally do, uh, which we come to expect now. You know, I did, self-admittedly I didn't know much about Magnet uh, before he got to United, um, but we all heard about the press, and you could see it was evident from the uh, from the start what we made against Palace. The players looked a little bit more up for it. They looked, you know, like they wanted to run a little bit more. Uh, pressed a little bit more, and, you know, it, uh, it, it looked nice, it looked fresh, it, a fresh beginning, it looked like they bought into the system already, uh, and long may it continue.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think for me, like, especially looking at the looking at the level of performance and the, the energy, especially if you look at that first 45 minutes, so I think that the energy and the, the pressing was there, the aggressiveness in the field, and you could see, you know, that this is a much different tempo that we're we used to we're used to seeing, kind of this season. If you, if you look at the previous games, kind of in the last couple of months, especially in the bigger games, we've been lacklustre in terms of our energy in midfield, in terms of our press, in terms of our overall kind of um in industry, in, in, especially in the midfield area. But like you seen the likes of Sancho and Bruno Fernandez pressing from the front. Though Ronaldo covered the most ground he has all season, double the amount of his most sprints he done last Sunday, which I think that speaks volumes in terms of to you know, what we've been missing this season. So, yeah, for me, very good performance. You know, it was a breath of fresh air, especially the first half, because I think after about 60, 65 minutes, you could see these players weren't used to pressing. You could see us kind of petering out a bit. You could see that you know we're, we were a bit tired you know, coming towards the end of the game. But you know, all in all, very happy with the performance, especially if I, if I just shout out to Fred, who I know, Lee, massively rates and has been to have been one of his biggest supporters this season since Chelsea he's been a very good player but on Sunday he was outstanding against Palace and you know very well taken goal with with his with his right foot as well which nobody was expecting that but absolutely great finish um Phil just your, yourself as well what was your overall thoughts on the performance um on Sunday and also just I'd like to pose another question the performance of Marcus Rashford um he seems to be in a bit of a bit of a kind of a, a rut recently, um, since coming back from injury. Do you maybe think it's just going to take Marcus some time to maybe to find his feet and get back to that kind of full sharpness? You know that we're all
4: used to seeing Marcus display. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I agree with both both what you just said there in terms of the performance against Palace. I think first half, especially, was probably one of the best performances I've seen this year uh, collectively. I think the only thing missing was obviously the goal. Um, but yeah, as a team looked a lot more on the front foot, um, a lot more of identity and and sort of, you know, the players seemed to be all working in tandem and, and I think it was a, a really good performance. Um, again, yeah, second half, they, they, they did fatigue a little bit after the hour mark and um, it was always going to be them. One of them games, I, I did actually predict that keen for the second week of running. I think I may add that the the result was going to be one nil. Um, so I'll just get that in there as well. But yeah, I, I think yeah, it was a, it was a good performance. As I say, a solid performance, and um, yeah, it was it was good for Fred. I think who, who's been outstanding. I would just I'd obviously like to give him a special mention. Here. I've given him a bit of stick over the you know the, the past few months and stuff, but he's been probably one of our best players. Um, Certainly, in the last uh, couple of games, he's he's been everywhere, and he's sort of on the ball now. He seems to be a little bit more um, consistent and, and a bit more quality. I have seen him wrapping a few passes into the striker's feet, which I was, you know, I, I was I, I love all that because that's the kind of standard and that's the kind of level that you know United should be used to, and 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 the centre forwards obviously thrive off that kind of service. So yeah, great to see Fred, and and obviously all credit to him for you know keep working hard and putting in them performances. Just touching on Rashford, I, I think, yeah, you know, when he came back, obviously he'd been out for quite a while and, you know, he came back into the team and he, and he looked quite good. Obviously, he got a couple of goals, although, you know, his performances probably weren't back to, you know, what what we've expected and what he's obviously used to. But obviously that just comes with match fitness. And I think, for me, I think obviously now he's, he's getting to a situation where, He's been back now for probably you know six weeks from from when he he come back and you know he's he's starting to get his match fitness up maybe his confidence isn't quite there yet um, but I think obviously get, keeping him in the team and giving him that run of games will, will only do him good and you know I think now with the the Ragnit sort of um, where we're going to play I think he's going to have a big part to play in that because obviously he's got the pace and the the fitness levels that we're going to need.
2: Yeah, I think if you look at Rangek's system, Marcus especially I think can be fluid, I think, in, in, in the sense of he can play either as that left side of striker or he can play in that left attack in midfield position. He can occupy either one of the positions um because he is versatile in that regard. The only thing I worry for Marcus is the former Mason in these in these last couple of weeks. He Mason's been getting goals and assists and you know for me I think he might his place could be in trouble. If he doesn't pick up his form, but look, one thing we've always wanted in these last couple of you know, months is competition for places, and especially in our forward players, for them to push each other. So I think we need to be maybe, maybe less harsh on Marcus. Like, look, if I, when I watched the game on Sunday, I for me I was thinking like, this is unlike Marcus. You know, I was thinking like, what's wrong with him? Do you know, because I even noticed last week against Arsenal, was at the game, he didn't press. As much as he used to, do you know? Now I don't know whether that was down to the fact he was playing on the right most of the game, and that's obviously not his natural position. And he found himself there quite a few times against Palace as well. I don't know maybe it's the fact he's not comfortable over in that right wing. But other than that, you know? It's I, I don't think I can be too though harsh on him because considering the, the contribution we Rashford has given us, especially in the last two seasons when he's been injured, you know? And he's been scoring the two back to back twenty goal seasons true injury, so I think maybe it's a case of there is physical fatigue there because obviously still recovering probably from that injury and he's still obviously trying to find full fitness and form. But if you think about the summer as well, there's probably mental fatigue there over that whole thing happening in the Euros as well. Maybe though we can take that into account as well. So look, hopefully he can pick up his form and um, Joe as quick as he can because look, there's is, there's is no secret. That Edison Cavani is coming back this week as well. Obviously, Mason is finding the form. And look, Cristiano's, Cristiano is Cristiano's the, the most clutch striker in the world. So, like, Marcus, we're, I know this, this formation can benefit him and he can play in a number of positions, but we need to be playing our players who are on form at present. At the moment, he he's borderline kind of off form at the moment. So I think we, we do need Marcus back to his best because we want to be challenging top four and challenging the Champions League, which is our goal now for the rest of the season. You know we do need um, Marcus back to his best, but I want to touch on the Champions League game because since obviously that's a complete contrast to what Sunday was. And um, but the reason why I wanted to touch on this game, you 2 even though let's face it, the game itself didn't bear much significance in terms of what's going to happen in the next round. We we had top of the group confirmed before the game, and um, but there was a lot um, of you players. In, in the squad on, on on Wednesday, and a lot of players who are academy graduates, and also a former teammate of you both, as well in in in, in the squad. So it's come to you firstly. Obviously, we've seen the the squad list um, for for the young boys' game on Wednesday, and a lot of academy players, obviously, short Short, Hiry, Sudan, iqbal Anthony alanga Mason Greenwood, Charlie Savage, Tom Heaton. For you, when you looked at the the young players playing. And obviously, a game, Champions League game, under the lights, Low Trafford. What was your overall emotion seeing kind of th- that amount of youngsters playing a Champions League game under the lights, Old Trafford, especially in this kind of new regime under Ralph Ragnick?
3: I, I just thought it was fantastic, mate. I'll be honest. Like I said, the game was... Uh... There was nothing on the game. We won it. We lost it. I thought he he done the exact thing what he should have done. Uh, give the give the lads even if they didn't get on the pitch. Give them the experience of travelling with the uh with the squad and making them feel like the part of that first team and they're there the You know, it's a massive boost and a massive massive confidence lift. If the uh, just just travelling to these games with the squad to get minutes on the pitch, obviously a bonus for them. Um, some of the lads have I think uh, I heard Savage say on the on the uh, the commentary that his lad. And Zidane, they've been there from five years of age, and they both made their debuts together in a Champions League game. I mean, what more could you ask for? Like, absolutely fantastic. I mean, if, if they never want to play football again, what what a memory that is to have and to hold. Um, third play to Ralph. You know, we could have it um, could have let Diego get the better of him, and you know, for that, right, I, I want to come in. We've got a result against Palace. Let's put a big team out. You know, let's get another results. Let's show them what we can do. Let's show them what I can do with my team. But he's, he's kept to the, uh, the the Man United philosophies and the Man United DNA and give the young lads a go. And I just think it's uh, it was it was fantastic that he'd done that. And that was uh, absolutely made up for Tom Eaton. I mean, he's been the hell of a long time on and off, and um, for him to get his uh, his debut, um, you know, it, it was I, I, even I felt quite emotional watching it because I know how how, how much hard work he'd put in over the years, um, and to finally make that, which obviously that would have been his goal from being a young kid. Uh, absolutely fantastic so yeah I, I, overall I, w- I was very pleased that he uh he put the team at what he said.
2: yeah definitely and that's why like when when tom was coming on sixty third minute i picked up the phone straight away and i, I messaged you both yeah, yeah. so with, with, with regards because i know obviously that would have been a moment for you too as well because you, you'd know tom well the both of you so Joe, so it, it was it was a great moment to see that especially 20 years on from the signing of manchester united you make your debut in the Champions League. Like there's no bigger stage to make your debut Old Trafford in Champions League night. So I was very happy for Tom Heaton in that regard. Phil, what was your overall emotions when you've seen like you have obviously you've made your debut for the first team as well, and you were playing obviously along along the likes of Solskjaer, players like that. For them then, obviously t- that moment to for Charlie Savage when he when he came on, as Robbie Savage quite rightly said in the commentary, he came on for a World Cup winner in one in, in mata. Like when you've seen that moment of obviously Robbie Savage being emotional, and um, what were your overall emotions when when all this was taking place at Old Trafford on on Wednesday night?
4: Oh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, you, you can't not sort of um, you know enjoy a moment like that. I think obviously for Robbie Savage being at the club as well, and you know seeing his son come through all the sort of you know the youth team and the academy, and then you know finally getting a chance to to play in the first team, it must have been a Immensely proud moment for him as a as a dad, and you know, fair play to to the young lad Charlie Savage. Who's, you know, come through that because it's, it's not an easy process, and you know, not many players can can say that they've played for Manchester United. And, and as Lee said, you know, if, if he retired today, he could, he could, you know, nobody could take that away from him. And I think for me, it's just you know, refreshing really to to see that kind of thing. The manager there, he's, he's obviously seeing that opportunity in that game with with not much on the line. To sort of, you know, give a few of these players the experience of, you know, being involved in a first team situation, you know, and everything that comes with that. It's, you know, going to the hotel before a game, you know, the build up to the game, arriving at Old Trafford on the coach in the dressing room, seeing how everything is, and and I obviously remember that from from my um, experience when I made my debut as well, so. It's it's a fantastic moment for some of them kids. I put a tweet on to say that, you know, that's a very special night for a lot of them and they'll never ever forget that moment because when you when you make your debut for a club like Manchester United, that's something that doesn't happen every day. And, you know, they'll all be, you know, sort of on cloud nine for for a long, long time. Um, in the weeks to come and months to come, that that moment's obviously a pinnacle really in in a lot of people's um careers especially the lads who get to do that uh so yeah immensely proud of of all them lads who got to do it none more so than obviously my good friend Tom um you know he's been at the club and obviously was with me a lot of the journey that I had um I don't know how much that I'll have meant to him the other night and you know obviously he's worked so hard and I did actually text him saying congratulations but I made my debut before you so unlucky (laughs) but no obviously great moment for him and you know he's gonna obviously you know want a a bit more of that and you know once he's tasted the experience of playing at Manchester United especially at Old Trafford on a Champions League night then you know it's it it doesn't really get much better than that so hopefully you can get a little bit more game time in in the weeks and months to come.
2: Yeah 100% and look we do still have Tormans like the FA Cup this season where Tom Heaton may get more games because there is speculation that Dean Henderson may move on in January on loan. So if that's the case, then Tom will have the opportunities to to play this season. And look, even some of the youngsters, depending on what our cup draw is going to be, let's say we do progress against Villa in the FA Cup, maybe some of these youngsters may still get a taste of football at Old Trafford, whether it's Premier League or FA Cup um, in that regard. But... It was great to see all the academy graduates, and one thing we always kind of we always reflect on, we always touch on this podcast is how important the Cliff is at, at Manchester United and, and the talent that the Cliff produces year on year on year. And to see that many young young players playing for Manchester United a couple of nights ago, and even just Mason himself as well. Like I know Mason wasn't in that I suppose section of the academy with the likes of Zidane and and Charlie and show a short, short here but do you know, it shows the, the level of player that we're producing joe you know, coming out of the academy year year in year out so it was great to see and hopefully as time goes on some of these players will get more first team minutes to manchester united and if not at manchester united they they will make it elsewhere because our academy is forever producing you know, gems out of there but obviously all that was great this week um, in terms of Getting their first win, and then obviously seeing the academy graduates, um, you know, play their first first team minutes. Then today, obviously, news breaks um, of Anthony Martial, um, supposedly wanting to leave in January. And he's going to hand in a transfer request um, at Manchester United. Obviously, he's been in and out of the team um, in these kind of last couple of weeks. Joey's um, you know, been struggling with injuries and illness during the season. But a lot of times he has been very good for us still you know, on previous occasions. Lee, I'll just come to you. Um, obviously, look, we have a lot of players in, in four positions and we're kind of stacked in the attacking areas at the moment. When you've seen that Martial, um, obviously his, his agent has come out and said that he wants to you know, move away in January. What were your thoughts when that headline came out today? Uh,
3: I, I think it's I think it's about time, if I'm being honest with you. Um he's been he's been, like I say, a decent enough player for us over the years. He had a couple of great seasons to be honest, and he's, in them great seasons he scored plenty of goals. Um I just I, I can't help thinking when when we do our, our teams do we think we're gonna play week in, week out on this podcast, it doesn't even enter my head anymore. I, I don't think he I think he's only entered it once all season, to be honest with you. I thought he might have got a chance, but I don't even think of him anymore as even being a, a potential for a start. Um, which proves something to myself that I don't think he's is good enough, you know. Um, that's not saying that he's not a good player. it it he, looked at one point that he had the potential to be world class and I think that's what United's been worried about and the fans that, you know, we let him go for a mediocre fee and it turns out to be a world class class player and it comes and bites us back in our backside. Um I think with the system that Ralph's gonna play now, um, I don't think it'll suit his style of play whatsoever. I don't see him as a pressing forward at all. Um, and I hope the lad goes on and I hope the lad does well. You know, um, no ill feeling. I just, I just think it's probably the right time now that he goes on and gets some first team football um, and, and tries to progress his career more and get back into that French squad. Good luck to the lad. You know, he's uh, he's done well while he's been here, but yeah, I think it's it's probably time that he, he moves on to Pastures
2: New. To be honest. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think if you look at the overall kind of his time at, at Manchester United has been very kind of stop-start in terms of his of his form, in terms of his you know, time in the team because he's always kind of stop-start with injuries and loss of form. And really, I think Martial is a confidence player because I think if you, if you look at the if you look at he, his his time at United you can see that the talent is undoubtedly there and you can see that you know he's he has it in his locker and on his day he's unplayable but how often is his day like it's it's a very few and far between you know and you look at his goals return in a six year period for a supposed number nine for Manchester United that's not good enough and you're looking at the levels of goals that Mason Greenwood is producing at a young younger age, Mason's only going to get better. United are looking towards the future. Martial is twenty six now, albeit right. Twenty six is a very young age in football. But if, we're, if you're talking about really developing in the future and, and like, you know, really wanting to move forward, you want to be looking at players like a Mason Greenwood, who you know, you know, isn't going to down tools, who doesn't have a history down in tools. The you know, Marsh There has been times where Martial. Look, let's be honest with ourselves. There's been occasions when he's been on the pitch for Manchester United and he hasn't looked bothered on some occasions. And I'd probably take a bit of a stick for saying that because look, I'll be wholeheartedly be honest and say that there has been times where he doesn't look like his heart is in it. And maybe it is that because he's not happy and he wants to move elsewhere. If that's the case, that's fair enough. But if I look at his time at Man United, it's been very stop-start. And for me, we need someone who is hungry and consistent Mason is, is going to be that player. And I think if you look at, if we're looking obviously at other strikers as well, especially the fact we're playing this four triple two system and if we're going to be playing that like going forward, obviously we're, we're linked to other strikers who who are, let's be honest, in, in terms of quality, better better players than Martial. So I think maybe his time is up and look, I know Newcastle or, uh, United are on the horizon and they are keeping their eye closely to this deal. I know Barcelona are keeping their eye closely to Martial's situation as well, so let's watch this space. Let's see what happens, um, and look. I wish him all the best, whether he stays or whether he, where he go or where he goes. But for me, I think maybe time is up now. If you're looking at the current, you know Manchester United squad we have, and as you're quite rightly said, Lee, as well, how many times have we pick the starting eleven this this season in games where they've been dead rubber games, but also other games where we've had players out. Martial has never come into the reckoning. And that's been kind of the same with, other, with, with, you know, with quite a few other players who were on the fringes. But Joe you know, Martial, if you look at the current overall squad, he doesn't have a place at the moment. And especially in this system where we're going to play a high press and you're expected to work hard when he doesn't have a history of that, that's why it is against him. I think now is probably the right time to go whilst he's still at an age where he can, you know, obviously, reach it, maybe reach his potential and maybe do it elsewhere. But well, Phil, obviously, you're forward and yourself, so you could probably re- you can relate to a player like Anthony Martial in terms of you having competition for places throughout the football club. For you, what do you think about this kind of situation now? Do you maybe think it, it is the
4: right time for him to go? Yeah, 100%. I think for me personally, the Martial situation, I think um, in moving on at this moment in time is probably the, the right decision, and I think it's probably best that that happens for both parties really I think as we've just touched on I think in terms of at United now with with the new style of play that's not going to suit his game um, I think he's probably fifth or sixth in the in the pecking order for me um, at this moment in time I think he looks shot of confidence um, and when he does play obviously you know there, there is that sort of Consistency factor that's always been there with Anthony Marshall. Obviously, when he first signed, he looked, you know, a really, really lively player, and he, I was really optimistic about what he could do. Um, obviously a, a lot of fantastic moments and, and obviously the goal against Liverpool sort of stands out for me as, you know, one of his, his big sort of um moments, but we've we've not really seen enough of that for um a long period of time with Anthony Marshall, unfortunately. And I just think it's the right time for him now to maybe move on. And, and obviously being the age he is 26, you know, he should be in his prime for me. And in the last year or two, certainly he seems to have sort of took a few steps back from, from where he was. So if he does move away now and, and gets a new club, you know, it's a fresh slate for him and, you know, that could be the turning point for him and and he could then kick on. And, and I wish, I wish all the best for him because, you know, he's a, he seems like he's a nice enough lad Um But he's just obviously for for one reason or another not quite sort of you know hit the levels that we probably all expected him to um and obviously that's down to a lot of things i'm not knocking the lad he's had a lot of injuries you know there's been really good competition for places and i think it's just the right time now that he moves on and and gets into another team where he's going to play week in week out gets his match fitness up his confidence back and and obviously just you know that that's what you need to be doing as a striker i can relate to that myself you know if you playing a game and you and you don't play again for a couple of weeks and you're getting half an hour here and there, you can't really get into any flow and you can't really sort of get your your, your match fitness to where it needs to be to be performing at the, the top level, especially in the Premier League. So, yeah, I think, you know, he, he's been a good servant overall when you look at, you know, what he's contributed. But I just feel, you know, he's, he's not really going to, you know, be in the reckoning for for this current crop of players. And, the right time for him to move on and, and, you know, hopefully sort of reignite his career. Absolutely. And I think
2: I think now is the right time for him to go. There's six months left in the season. And one thing known as I haven't seen anyone really take into any consideration online and when all the chats been going on about this is there is a Winter World Cup this year. So he's going to need time to get back into a team, get fitness and get into DDA Deschamps. Um, Joe thoughts because he... When he was in the United squad and he was on form in the last couple of years, when he was on form, he was getting into the squad and he was scoring goals. If he has ambition to get back into that French team, he's gonna want. He's gonna need a move away because we all know the the forward options they have with the Mbappe's, the Griezmanns, Benzema's, Giroud is still knocking around. So like, if Martial wants to, to, you know, get into the France team, he's probably better off leaving Manchester United. Which look again, that's that's down to him. So it would be easy for him to stay on 200k a week but it shows he actually cares about his football you know that he is wanting to move on you know because there's been players at this football club in the past who stayed on a big wage and ran down their contracts so in fact if he wants to move then that's on him and that's great look because then look he obviously wants to play football and that's being professional at the end of the day but before we get on to the next topic, tonight, like guys, do hit the like button on the video and uh, drop your comments below and hit that subscribe button at the end of this video. And um, Lee and Phil between the two of them, they are going to pick and um, the winner of a giveaway. I, I did put it up on Twitter um, earlier on today. And um, so if you are watching, you may have seen my tweet earlier. So Wayne is giving away um, the Fer- Fergie's Legends books and Lee and Phil at the end of the show will pick out someone from the comment section um, who, who will win this giveaway and so by the end of the show do stay tuned and drop your comments below and we will um at the end of the show announce the winner of the giveaway well i'll ask Lee and phil of who is in the comments here today who would who should get the winning of the book so do stay tuned and look we will announce that at the end of the show and hit that subscribe button most importantly because we've a lot of exciting content coming and we will have a new podcast coming wednesday i'll let i'll let wayne announce that though because i'm part of it but I will let, I'll let Wayne announce that one because, you know, that, that's up to him. Um, but anyway, big week obviously coming up this week as well. You know, the, the Christmas fixtures, as we all know in the Premier League, is is hectic. There's always great games. and It's always entertaining. United are going away to Norwich um, tomorrow at Carroll Road. Um, obviously, Norwich are having their own problems with their whole COVID situation at the moment. That seems really up in the air at that football club at the moment. Dean Smith, who ironically we played earlier on the season, he beat us at Old Trafford when we played Aston Villa. He's there now, and they have the new manager bounce. Obviously, we have a new manager bounce now with Ralf Ragnarick. so there's a lot of you know, moving parts in tomorrow's game. But, Lee, I'll come to you. Obviously, we've had a decent couple of away games, obviously, at Villarreal, at Chelsea, and we've picked up points. Um, and obviously, most recently, um, the last two Premier League home games against Palace and Arsenal. Going into tomorrow's game, obviously, it's, again, a very important fixture for Ragnik to pick up points because we have a good run of games between now and the 5th of March. For you, how confident are you going into um, tomorrow's game? Should we maybe stick with the same team that played Sunday with the likes of Fred McTominay midfield and with with the front four um, of Bruno, Sancho, Rashford and Cristiano? Or do you maybe see a pending return for Edison Cavani's team? Because it seems like he's in the reckoning for tomorrow's squad. Yeah,
3: um, I've kind of got the squad written down right in front of me. And the squad what I've written down was the same squad as what played uh, in the last match when we won against Palace. Um, I I wasn't aware until today that Cavani might have had a a chance to thought Cavani was ruled out, um, at least until next week. I'd I'd love to see Cavani start with with the way that Rangit sets up his teams. I mean, what a presser Cavani is up there. You know what I mean. And Ronaldo's took that look like he's he's took that pressing on board. But it, it, if he's got someone up there like Cavani, he'll press all day. He'll press for fun. That lets Ronaldo conserve that bit of energy to do his magic when he needs to do it. So I, I would love to see him come back in. Um, you know, and uh, I think it would be it would be great for for the team. Um, I think he'll keep McFred. Going there, McTominay and, and Fred. I think uh, you know, I, I think that's what he's gonna start. Did Van Der Beek do enough over the you know the last game to, to warrant a place? I'm not sure. I thought he was having quite a good game, but obviously it was a bit of a dreadful pass for, for their goal and uh kind of went downhill from there. Um I, I think if he would have, you know, if he wanted to made that mistake he might he might have had contentions for maybe bringing McTominay, maybe swapping Van der Beek in there with Fred and giving that a little option too. Um, but no, I've, I've got a feeling that he'll he'll stick to to the same to the same side that he's got, and maybe put Cavani on the bench. I think um, Shaw played okay. He looked like he was you know come back to a a bit more form. He obviously set the goal up, a great cross. Um, but I don't think he's done enough to uh, outperform what Tellis did the last couple of games when he's played. So I think he'll stick with Tellis. Obviously, Wambersackers looks like he's injured and out, so that gives Dalor uh, a chance. Again, um, I wasn't, and I'm still not really overly sold on law yet. Um, but in the last couple of games, he's played a lot better than I thought he actually was. So hopefully he can surprise me. And I think overall, when, when this is happening, it's uh, it's given a lot more competition for places. Um, and it's given lads who thought they couldn't get the place to kick up the backside, which is, for me, that's what you want from a squad. Um, with the way that Rangit plays too, I feel like we're going to press for that first 60-odd minutes, um, 65 minutes maybe, and it, it's, the intensity is burnt to drop off. So if we've got the players, like we mentioned, who's on the bench, you can come on for that last 25, 30 minutes and carry on that philosophy. You know, and We've got depth in squad. It, it, it's going to work. We're just going to keep the players happy, make them want to you know, buy into the system. And uh, I think, again, with what we've got and the squad we've got and now the new manager and the guys knowing that they've got the competition and wanting to impress we should be running over the likes of Norwich so hopefully things cross yeah we uh we kick on from this point onwards
2: yeah I think so and I think if you look at the the way Norwich play like the way they are quite open themselves obviously Brandon Williams I know was on loan he unfortunately won't be playing tomorrow he's actually been playing decent football another academy graduate um Joe you know, he's been playing quite good and um, you know for Norwich but the way they play i think could fall into our hands especially with our high press can't believe i'm saying that manchester night and the high press have not said that since i since i was like 16 years of age when we had sir alex at the football club have not said them to them words in one sentence since then but yeah but with us we're high press tomorrow a lot of energy desire and look i think if, if you look at the the way the quality of player we have, I think we should be rolling over Norwich tomorrow. Now, obviously, look, I said that about Watford when we played him a few weeks ago, and we all know what, we all know how that went. But the you others, know, I think there's a lot of players in the team tomorrow. who still have to, something to prove. I know, you know, they played fantastically well. you know against Palace last Sunday? And Reese pointed out in the comments, you know, that was a 45 minute training session that literally Ragnick had before. We played against um, Palace last week, but one thing I'll say is, Ragnik did say today that they'd done a lot of video analysis because of the weather, because they couldn't train in the weather, but what they did do alternatively is they did a lot of video analysis, and that's why you know, the players knew what their roles were on Sunday. But if I look at the way that this team can play, and with the way they have Fred McTomney kind of holding the fort in midfield, like in that four-dough-triple-two system, and you literally have them four attacking players who... Aren't stationary. I think one thing I did notice, I don't know if you guys did on Sunday, was they all kept the, the interchange and movement was fantastic. One minute Sancho's on the right, one minute on the left. Bruno was in as a second striker, but then at other points he was picking up the ball, you know, in, in deep positions and, and creating chances. This formation I think suits us, and I think if you look at the the Norwich, Norwich backline tomorrow, they they have been they've been leaking goals this season, and I think if you look at the the level of player and the level of creativity he had, and, and Lee, you, you're quite rightly you touched on, there's the likes of Cavani and maybe Mason or Rashford to come off the bench, depending on which one of them starts. We have enough there to, to continue that, this pressing this pressing system. And even in the midfield, I know Van der Beek, look, he, he was playing a good game the other night, but he did give the ball away, and that was maybe a lapse in con- concentration. And could we put that down to maybe not having the match sharpness that, a fully fit fan the beak would have, you know, in that regard, maybe is it down to that? I don't know. But one thing I will say is this team and these players seem to have a new lease on life. And let's see, let's see what they're made of now tomorrow. And let's see what they're made of in these next couple of weeks, because yes, look, we are, we are 11 points behind the league. And let's, let's face it. If you look at the, the teams at the top, it's going to be borderline impossible for all three of them to drop points and us to be in a title race. I'm saying that at this point in time in December because the way they, the, the way they play, not less now when AFCON happens and they Chelsea and Liverpool really drop off and City don't sign a striker in January, then maybe, look, there's a chance, but we'd really have to win every game between now and then. But this is a crucial period in, in our season and we need to just win game after game after game. And if, if you if you look at the way when Solshar was the interim manager and he went and he won 10-11 games on the bounce, we kinda need a similar run from Ragnik to really not just just keep up the pace, but to be in, in, in the round the top four. Because if you look at the teams who are there, West Ham are playing some stuff at the minute, and they don't look like they're dropping points. Yo, know, Tottenham are gonna be there. Do you know? I know Arsenal dropped points in the last kind of couple of games, but they'll be there as well. They've no European football. So if we do want to be Top four, maybe challenge from top three. Come the end, we do need to win a lot of games in a row. We do need a consistent run. We can't afford to drop points because you look at the amount of points and stupid points this season. We've dropped. We can't afford to redo that that much anymore because of the the I suppose the running that we have from March till May is 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 quite hard. It's kind of similar to the run we had from October to the end of November. Like it, every game is going to be a tough one after that. So this. Period of time for Ragnick. It's important for him to get this new manager bounce, but also just pick up these points because we we need to save our season. Because if, whoever the new permanent manager is coming in, they will need Champions League to attract the best of class player. Like I know Man- the, the name Manchester United is enough to to attract attract players, but if we want to attract players to win the league and win the Champions League, which is where we want to be, you need to be at that elite level. And if you're not, you're not going to attract them players. It, it's simple as that. But Phil, for yourself, is there any particular player um, you want to see maybe come in that's been kind of been on the sidelines these last couple of weeks? Obviously we've seen Dallow and Tellez um both come in recently and they've both kind of they've both played well, but obviously they are a bit suspect defensively um, at times. Few would you like to see them maybe maintain their place in the squad and maybe try give Luke Shaw and kind of Wambasaka that kind of kick up the backside?
4: Yeah, most definitely. I think them two lads you just mentioned that deserve to to stay in the team for for the performances in recent games, and I think you know the competition for places is is, is you know at its best we've had it in a long time, especially um, in them positions in the fullback areas. So yeah, I think Tellez and Dallo definitely deserve a little run in the team now. You know they've performed really well. Uh, I think they suit the system as well, and and the way that uh, Ragnick likes to play. So. No reason why, you know, they shouldn't, you know, get their um chance at this moment in time with with the other lads being injured and, you know, out of favour maybe a little bit. I'm looking forward to obviously seeing the, the the game against Norwich. I feel a lot more confident than I have done um in, in a long time, really. Um just obviously off the back of a few good results and you know and a new system, a new style of play. I think the the four two 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 um formation was was really good and i think you know as you mentioned there the fluidity within that is is brilliant for you know the players that we've got and i think it it's going to be something that i think obviously you know as time goes by um with the the type of players that we've got i think that will will really sort of start working and and you know you'll we'll see the best out of some of these players that maybe haven't been you know hitting the heights that, that we've maybe you know wanted to or that they've wanted to as well and um, the Sancho and Greenwood and Bruno and I think they'll thrive uh, out of playing this system so yeah really excited really to, to see how he can get on and I'm I'm a lot more optimistic and confident about the, the game against Norwich this weekend I think it's a game that we we on paper you know we should win Um, obviously Norwich struggling you know at the bottom of the league you know struggling to score goals and as you say the elite goals a little bit at the back so for me, it, it should be a, a game that we've, we're going into full of confidence and sort of nothing to fear really so yeah, looking forward to seeing how we can we can get on in that one
2: Yeah, definitely, I think it's there's a lot of optimism I think from many fans because of that the level of performance we did have against Palace, albeit it was one goal but it was the fact that we sustained attacks it was sustained pressure and that was only after 45 minutes training and obviously a lot of video analysis now he's had a full week with the players, and a lot of these players are rested. You know from you know from the from last last Sunday's game, so there is there is a lot of optimism going into tomorrow's game, and the fact that they may have a couple of players out, which look if they had a full team anyway, we should be beaten by a country mile anyway, and that's that's no disrespect to Norwich as a football club. It's just the level of our first team players and the level of first team players are miles above. So we we'll see what happens um, in tomorrow's game. I was going to come to a couple of comments um with regards to this show. I was going to scroll up a bit. Um So this regards to our run of fixtures. Reece says, um, here we go, This loads up here. It's gone again. I don't know what happened. StreamYard is having a bit of a mare there. Um, it says, Villa and West Ham will be the tougher ties of the upcoming 12 games, but the rest are extremely winnable. Those two will be a battle. Yeah, 100%. I think if you look at the the 12 games between now and March, they're probably the two toughest. Obviously, Villa will be away and West Ham will be at home. West Ham are always a tough test for us in recent years. And maybe Jesse Lingard will be coming back to Old Trafford as a West Ham player in that game. I would not like that because I'd get a horrible feeling he'd probably score against us. And then Midi Rock in front of the singing section. Like, just imagine it now. I can literally just imagine. Why you do there now, that would just give me nightmares. And Victoria's Secret says, I have it there now. We need to improve um, our goal difference, um, as well as we have much lower goal difference to teams ahead of us. Absolutely. I think we're only on like zero goal difference now. Whereas, like, you're looking at teams above us in, in, from like fifth and fourth, like, they're they like on plus five and plus ten, I believe, or something like that. Maybe the comments will correct me, but our goal our goal de- difference is a lot is inferior to the teams above us so we do need to pick up good results and we need to start scoring goals because we had we do have problems with that in in the league um J- jim james is in the comments and um, he says five nil tomorrow that's that's op- that's optimistic that's optimistic um did you know, come to more comments there now um and shane says good evening boys as well so Good evening, Shane. Hope all is well, pal. But my, one of my favorite parts of the show is our starting 11 predictions because Phil seems to be getting the score predictions right a lot lately. And he's also getting these starting 11 predictions a lot lately. And I'm not getting anything right, and I'm not liking this. So hopefully this week I'm going to get the 11, starting 11 prediction and score prediction right. And if not, I'm going to have to surrender next Friday. But anyhow, um, first of all, Lee, give me your starting start 11 prediction. Um, for tomorrow's game. And then following that, give me your score prediction as well.
3: Okay, mate. I'm going for the uh, exact same team as Palace, mate. It's, I think it's going to be nailed on, to be honest. It's De Gea, De, De-, De- Lowe, Lindelof, Maguire, Tellez. Um, Tom and Fred. They're both defending midfield players. Bruno and Sancho, the attacking midfield players. And Ronaldo and Rashford. I'd like to see Greenwood in there, myself personally. Um, I think uh, I think he deserves to, you know, get a start. But I think Rangnick with the system he plays and the, the type of player Rashford was, he'd like to get him on form and he'd like to give him them money games, um, uh, because I think he'd fit the, the, the system superbly. So I think he'd, uh, he's gonna hope that Rashford finds a bit of form. Just just go a bit on Rashford, I was I was just gonna say to Phil, um when Phil was on about it. He missed pre season, didn't he, Phil, with his injury. Mm. And I think if you ask any any especially a striker, it's it's massive, massive Setback if you miss preseason. Um, it's like he's is still catching up now from the fitness levels where he should be within this this period. So I think that's uh, one of the one of the main reasons why he's probably not up to speed yet. He needs you know just needs that little bit of time. And we all know on his day what a player Rashford could be. So I think patience is the key with him at the moment in time. So yeah, I, I would definitely go for for that um, that starting eleven. Uh, the only one other thing I would have said. And I've got to mention it because I've championed Fred a lot on this podcast, which, you know, uh, and it's starting to show now, which means I'm not as stupid as many people think I am. Um, but I think one of the main reasons is um, it, it's come to light that he's, he's playing you know, a lot better than he was is he's not necessarily just playing as a six. He seems to be pressing a lot more and, you know, finding decent balls and setting things up. I wouldn't be surprised over the season whether Ralph tries to put him Forward a little bit more, maybe bring Van Beek in with Tom and Air, and give Fred a little go up top as an as an attacking midfield player. I think that could work out well. So I think that's one to watch for me.
2: Like, if you take, look at Fred, he was an attacking midfield player for Shakhtar before he came to didn't Mourinho turned him into a six. Yeah. Mourinho think, turned him into a six. I think you could. You, you've
3: started noticing now when he does when he, he's got that like, uh, that freedom a little bit more now to uh, to go forward and show what he can do, he, he looks a complete different player, and I hope to God I'm right because, like I say, I, I love the guy's attitude. So uh, yeah, Reese isn't getting a book. <laughs>
2: <laughs> for attention, FC for fucks. Anyway, um, yeah, like look, uh, I think you've seen in the last couple of weeks, even when Carrick um, took over them couple of games, is Fred was playing as more of a box to box. Like he was playing a bit further up the pitch. He wasn't as deep. And like obviously playing deep doesn't doesn't suit him. And we're starting to see though the Fred that maybe we did sign that we, we thought we were signing a couple of years ago when we did sign him um for Manchester United. So look, let's see what happens with him in the next couple of couple of weeks and months. And again, if we're talking about World Cup, there is another World the World Cup is coming up and he seems to be getting into that Brazil team as well. So Look, let's see how he gets on this. Hopefully, he picks up his form because all the talk that's been there in the last couple of months is we need to sign a DM, we need to sign a DM, we need to sign a DM. Maybe we still need to sign that DM and maybe play him alongside Fred. (laughs) To be honest,
3: I still think we need... um, I still think we do need a World Cup. I think I've said it every time I've mentioned him. I just... I just thought he's been a vote for the old, um, the old squad. I don't think he's been the worst by, by, by a mile, um, but I don't think he's the answer. I think I've said that many a time. I don't think he's, he's the midfield player we actually need to to progress and win the league. Um, but I certainly don't think he's been one of the worst players we've had. Um, so I, I wouldn't say, like, say he's, he's not an Angola or Kante or he's, he's not at that level for me yet. But on the other hand, every manager we've had has played him. He gets in the Brazil squad more or less every game. You've got to have something about you to do that, are not you? You know what I mean? So he's, he's, the managers and the, the guys who's picking him week in, week out must be seeing something what a lot of the supporters don't see.
2: Yeah, and like I, I liken his situation to what Ander Herrera's was. Because if you remember when Ander Herrera first signed under Van Gaal, he was a box-to-box midfielder. Like, Ander mm-hmm. Herrera was a, was a baller. Like He was literally a creative midfield player. Then Jose came in and turned him to a 6 Year later, we signed Fred and he turned Fred into a six. Don't know what Mourinho's fascination was with turning creative midfield players into hatchet men in midfield, but I'm, something I may have to take up with Joe's here forever. I think it was just um, it was just his philosophy of don't
3: lose, wasn't it? I think he it, it, it just tried to turn everyone into a team of don't lose. They don't look out how well we do going up front and trying to win. His philosophy to me was be a team what don't lose. And I think that's why he always took that negativity with, with his
2: plays. Yeah, I think you've seen that with the likes of. Obviously, he, he restricted Pogba, he restricted Herrera, restricted Fred. And now you're seeing, obviously, Herrera, and he plays at PSG, he's playing further up the pitch. Herrera under Oli played further up the pitch. Do You know, Fred, is it a case where now he's been given that kind of free role in, in his natural position of a box to box slash attacking midfielder that he were going to see you know, a, a better, better Fred at Manchester United? And look, for me, it'd be absolutely poetic justice if. If Fred turns out to be one of our best players this season because at Absolutely. the start of the season <laughs> at the start of the season we were all like I'm not gonna lie, I was saying get him out of the team. Like I was saying just get at all costs, I was saying get him out of the team. But now he's in in a, in a different role, he's shown something different and he's shown what he can give us. So look, let's let's see how he gets on these next couple of months under Ragnik. And I think this system will suit him in terms of high press, high energy, and that's what he's about um and let's see let's see how it gets on but um Phil do you have anything different
4: to Lee do you think it's going to be the same 11 no i actually ag- agree with lee um i think for me personally i think he'll stick with the same team again i obviously said it last week i think you know when you've been on the back of a, a good win um uh, unless you're forced into making a change you know nine times out of 10 you you sort of stick with that team to just get the momentum and sort of the confidence in into them players. I think probably the only other player that I, I maybe potentially could see come into the start eleven was Mason Greenwood. I think obviously he was the, the main player from the other night who took, you know, probably you know the most out of that game. I think he was our best player by a country mile. I think he looked really sharp. You know, he was confident on the ball. He was getting into, you know, positions that I think, you know, Ragnik will be be happy with and, and I think obviously he took his goal exceptionally well. Uh, which we we know he can do that kind of thing, and and I think he he's one who you know could potentially come into the starting eleven off the back of that really good performance. But no, I, I actually think he will stick with this the same team. I think Mason will definitely have a part to play in the game at some points. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be the same team against uh, Palace. Um, but I, I am a lot more confident this week in in terms of you know a results and and sort of. I am going to go one better actually this week, keen. I'm, I'm going to predict the starting team right. I'm going to pick the result right. And I'm also going to put the first goal scorer as well. Oh, so he's been brave your, now. So, so get your bet slips ready. You heard it here <laughs> first. I'm going to say United to win. They're obviously the same team as against Palace. I'm going to say United to win 2-0. And I'm going to go for Sancho, first goal. So that's my prediction: two 0 United. Sancho first goal.
2: Sancho first goal scorer. United two 0 If this yeah. happens again, I think I might have a hand this, in my this. Is for, for the hat
4: trick, by the way, as well. So I got yeah. the Chelsea. Chelsea one one bang on. I said the Palace game to be a tight game, and and we'd nick it later on. And Fred scored that, you know, cross shot. Um, nah, nah, it was a good finish. I'm only joking. It was a great finish that, to be honest. Um, and and yeah, I'm gonna go for a two 0 win against Norwich, um, Sancho first goal. And and if, if this result comes in and I get this right, I'm gonna start charging. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, if that happens, if that happens, Wayne, if you're watching, I'm handing in my notice if that happens. One hundred percent. One hundred Tell Wayne I want ten percent of any any money he's making. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um Lee, give me yours. Lee, give me your score prediction
3: um, for tomorrow. Uh, yeah, so I've been optimistic all season and it's done me no favours, but why why break a bad habit? So I'm going to go for 3-1 um, to United and I'm going to go for first goal scorer of Ronaldo and I'm going to put another cheeky little optimistic thing in there
2: and I'm going to say Fred's going to get another one. <laughs> Another Fred goal that would be absolute carnage.
3: And God, then if that comes in, I'm getting a taxi and I quit the
2: show. <laughs> <laughs> He's wrapping it up there. And then if that happens, um, my score prediction, I'm gonna go. Do you know what? I'm gonna be more optimistic than the boat. I'm gonna go 5 0 United tomorrow, and I'm gonna go first goal score, I'll go Bruno. I'll go Bruno for a goal scorer tomorrow. Um, He broke his duck against Arsenal. Norwich, you know, would be the right type of opposition for him to score. Um, So I'm going to go 5-0 Man United tomorrow and I'm going to go Bruno um, to get off the score sheet. And if that happens... I'm coming on to the show next week with D Generation X music on, and I'm gonna have a DX shirt. And I'm gonna be telling everyone to suck it like Shawn Michaels and Triple H. That's what's gonna happen. Um, Phil, 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 Phil said if that five
3: nil comes in, he'll do a Gavi Lineker and do the next show on his boxer shorts. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh, stop.
2: Um, get some more views. Gar- <laughs>
4: oh, no, probably lose them all.
2: <laughs> Viewer <laughs> yeah. discretion is advised if that happens. Yeah. Um, but obviously, look just before we, we, we wrap up. Um, we do have obviously the Christmas period coming up. Obviously, there's been a lot of um, classic games for Manchester United over the, over the Christmas period. We obviously have had the the games against so, Millsborough We've had the games, you know, against Newcastle, Tottenham. All these kind of classic games towards Christmas time. In your time playing or your time outside of the game, what's your favorite Manchester United game during the Christmas period? If there's any sort of memorable game around the Christmas period for the both of you, I'll leave this to the comments as well. Um comment section as well. Um let us know what your favorite game was over the Christmas period. Lee, I'll come to you. What is your most memorable uh game for Manchester United I, in the I think round you just mentioned that. I think it was
3: was it the Middlesbrough game? I'm trying to think back to the Middlesbrough game. It was the Middlesbrough game, wasn't it, where we had uh was it Middlesbrough uh, Sunderland? I can't think which one it was, and it was an absolute corker. Oh, and we played, the, the other one was Newcastle, weren't there?
2: Yeah. There.
3: Hello? Oh, my mic's gone. I think,
2: which, which one with here?
3: I don't know if you can hear me, guys. You've gone.
4: I can hear you. Come on, Lee. You just named F- every F- team that's played you just named Lee's every internet. team that's ever played in the Premier League and said, "Oh, that was a good one." <laughs> Tundle, Newcastle, West Ham, Tottenham.
2: <laughs> Phil, um, I think these internet probably dropped out there, because um, you yeah. couldn't hear it there for a moment. Um, what is your most memorable? What be your favourite um, Premier League game for Manchester United in and around the Christmas period?
4: You've put me on the spot. Here, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to think back to to a game which. There's been that many over the years. Um I'm trying to think of one that's really stood out for me personally. Um and I can't actually think of one that I would say was was the biggest or not. Um
2: mine for right. me would be I think it was the Newcastle five nil at Old Trafford when we battered them. Remember Ronaldo scored three. Yeah, games yeah, games yeah, games. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that that was a good game. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that, yeah. It's difficult. I mean... Another one could be be the Stoke City
2: game, Danny Welbeck's debut as well. That's another one.
4: Yeah, that was a... Yeah, I remember that, actually. Danny Welbeck's first game. I think he surprised a lot of people, actually. I think he was a player that, you know, when he first came into the team, there probably wasn't that much expectation. But I actually think he probably... Exceeded a little bit in terms of you know what people may have thought he would have done, and I think he linked. I remember a lot of games where he linked up well with Van Persie, um, and and you know games like I think Wigan. I remember him linking up with Van Persie against Wigan um, in one game where he he, he was exceptional and he, he set him up for two or three goals, and um, he obviously went on to have a have a good career, but a, a player who maybe you know didn't quite hit the heights because of injuries and stuff. Um, but Danny was a great. Obviously, I, you know, grew up with Danny and seeing him in the academy and stuff. And he was a always a great player who, who had sort of, you know, a lot about him. Um, but yeah, you know, such a such a talented player. Just obviously had a few bad injuries and stuff. And you know, when he moved to Arsenal, didn't really get that run that he probably wanted.
2: Yeah, look, I think especially if you look at the the year under David Moyes and um, Welbeck actually did put in the second half of the season did score quite a few goals yeah. I think that Bayern Munich game killed him when he tried to think yeah, neuer, when he probably could have when he probably if he just if he even took it around them or just yeah. went low he would have scored I think that knocked his confidence for the rest of the season and um, we just lost the again and um, that knocked his confidence um, for the rest of the season and another one actually I I forgot this one it was in Van Persie's first season the 4 dream. Four three against Newcastle, um, on Boxing Day in twenty twelve is another one. Yeah, that that was a
4: good one. Yeah, Newcastle went right in front of that game. Yeah, yeah, the Wigan one—that's the one I was thinking of. The one that uh, Reese has just said there, five nil Boxing Day. Yeah, that 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 was a, a great game. I think there were some great goals in that. Um, yeah, that was probably the the most memorable one for me. Um, but yeah, there's been there's been that many. I think you know. It was hard. You put me on the spot a little bit there, but yeah, that was the one I was thinking of.
2: I, was, I knew there's always one question on the podcast where i will put one. Uh, put, put your ball. Yeah, you put
4: me there. To be honest, mate, you've done me, ball me, middle <laughs> stunt. <laughs> I stitched both of
2: you up there now. I'm gonna try to bring Lee back into the show now. Lee, can you hear us? I'm back, mate. I think I
3: think I'm back. Can you hear me?
2: Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear us. I
3: mean, I don't know what the hell happened. Then I was speaking one minute and you're gone. <laughs>
4: Because you named every single team in the Premier League, we just cut you off. Because we... <laughs> <laughs> you,
3: know you know what? I've just, I've just actually fought one, though. Uh, He's been on like,
4: Google. He's just been, been on a, Google.
3: I've been on Google. Did they not battle Wigan once 5 0 or 4 0 or something like that? What yeah, that's it? the one I just said.
4: Oh, have you I've said that? Yeah. That. You, yeah, you can't have that
3: now. <laughs> I was thinking of the Newcastle game, what? I know mentioned, was it the Sunderland game? Uh, but the there the, the, was not a Newcastle game 2 1 Christmas, which was a cracker. But then, I, I yeah, remember
2: it, was the, quite, the... it was 4 0 or 5 0. Um, and when Ronaldo scored that free kick under the wall when Pache yeah. had given, I yeah, remember
3: yeah.
2: that one, yeah. But I remember watching then, that in
3: the pub when I was younger. That, that game. I, 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 I was growing up, I was always a United fan, but I always supported Wigan too. And I always remember watching that game, and they absolutely battered us that game over Christmas. Um, that was a, a bit embarrassing for for Wigan, like, I but. United always
2: battered Wigan every, every time they played us, they batted us anyway. I don't think we ever It was the League Cup final as well in 06. Remember, Wigan's yeah. goalkeeper got injured early on, and that just changed the shape of the game that time. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. The, 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 Wigan was,
2: uh, United was what Wigan's always bogey team. They used to, they used to cane us five and six more less every time we played them. Except that one time in 2012 when Sean Maloney, I believe, was it? Was it Maloney? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had some
3: good back, back in the day. They had some cracking players, you know, Valencia. Palacios, Maloney,
2: MacArthur. They had some great players back in the day. You know what I mean? Chim yeah, Bonda. Well. Bonda. Pascal Chimbonda. Yeah, they had, they had, they had a cracking. Chimbonda went to Spurs after that as well. Um, yeah. After the 06 season, didn't he? He went to Spurs in 06, 07. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Wigan ha- did have decent players. and Didn't Jimmy Bullard play for him as well, actually? Did, 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 <laughs> Jimmy's, a, what, Jimmy's a Wigan legend.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Who yeah, he was that striker. He had the uh, the... The black fella up front who used to score some goals. Was the King?
2: No, it wasn't King. Oh.
3: No,
4: no. didn't like called Camaro, he was a tracker.
2: Oh. Was a it Kamara? Kamara,
3: yeah, yeah. They had, no, they, it wasn't him. They, they, they had another, they another lad. Um, he actually does a podcast on United, and he had nothing to do with United. I can't for the life of me think of his name. And that's, got, that's the guy you're thinking of, and his name won't come to me.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, big. I can't think of it. Corny. Corey, yeah. The ruler corny, Yeah, yeah. They yeah. had uh, Zaki, the, the Egyptian Zaki, remember I mean, Zaki, yeah, yeah. mean, yeah. Zaki, that's a great player. He's, he come through Wigan.
4: I'll find out who that player is, I'm thinking of. I, I do know, know you I Bobby,
3: Roberts, isn't it?
4: No, nah, not Jason Roberts, Jason weren't he even in?
3: That's why I'm thinking Jason Roberts, because he, right. he does a podcast now on
2: United, believe it or not. Was it Hugo Rodriguez? Yeah, that yeah. yeah. cool. the, the so I, I just googled. I just googled Wigan Athletic Premier League strikers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was
4: it. Hugo it was a
3: shame, oh. you know, what happened to Wigan because they had some great players, but they, it was a business, wasn't it, for Wheeling So we used to offload them all the time. You know what I mean? So if they would have kept yeah. the lads who they had, they, 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 they possibly and built on it, they possibly could have stayed where they, where they was. But it'll always be
2: a Wigan t- uh, a rugby turn That's the problem. Yeah, absolutely, and. One thing I well, I touched on as well is Victoria's Secret says, beating Forrest on Boxing Day in 98 because of the start of her unbeaten run to the end of the season, which ended nicely. Can anyone tell us in the comments what happened at the end of that season? Please let us know. Please let us know. But we've come to the end of the podcast. Um, it's been a very good one. Thoroughly enjoyed it. But I'm going to leave it now down to the two, two lads. Um, so obviously the start of the podcast, I did say that we are giving away um, Wayne's book for the fledglings and Wayne, I'm sorry, sorry Lee and Phil are gonna be picking the winner um, from the comments section tonight. So I I messaged in the private chat there to your boat and I said, um, pick a winner from the comments um, at the end of the show tonight for the signed book. So guys, who is the winner of tonight's giveaway? and um,
4: Who wants to uh, say who won? <laughs> go, go on, Phil. <laughs> I actually don't even know who's won, you know. I've not even looked at the comments.
2: But... So click the comments tab there. On screen See there, it. there. Uh, hold up. Uh,
3: uh, uh, is that you get the comments
4: up oh? All right, okay, let's have a look. Um, For me, I mean, am I just picking this myself? Lee, are you having any yeah. input on this or what? No, I have no input. For- you go for and the, Bill. Wayne said yourself and Lee can do it so right I'll take charge right I'm going to go for Reese. Reece is going to win the book just because I think Reese's sort of interaction has been more fluent throughout the chat and I think you know he always comes up with some really good facts that you know a true united supporter would, would know and, and for me Reece is going to win the book I think he'll enjoy that as well I think he he'd like to read some of them stories in that book so
2: well done reese happy christmas that'll be on it well well done reese and um f- wayne has said that will be signed by phil and lee as well so you'll have a signed book and um, from uh phil and lee fergie's legends and a lot of good stories in there reese so well done and obviously someone who is a, an, an active person who supports this channel and watches every single show that we do whether it's this show here or wayne's podcast or dave's podcast so he's a true supporter of Talk to the Devils, but also through support of Manchester Night as well, so thanks very much Reese, and Joe, well done and I will send Wayne on your details i get you in contact with Wayne and we'll get that book um, out to you ASAP and happy Christmas as well, I'm sure I'll, I'll talk to you Reese, before the day is over anyway um, but I, 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 think, I, I think Victoria's Secret deserves a show too because he, he's been on quite a bit, absolutely Victoria's Secret has been there
4: and every single yeah, time. Yeah, well. Yeah, got loads of books. Listen, like Wayne's got loads of books. We went to Old Trafford with Wayne the other week, and we signed about 50 books. Wayne's got plenty of books to give away. So on, Victoria's Secrets one book it, as well. Wayne. Wayne, get you pull your finger out. Pull come your on. boots like Wayne. Absolutely,
2: I'll drop Wayne a message, and I'll, I'll say Victoria's, Victoria's Secret, Secret
4: and Reeds. You're getting one as one. well. A signed
2: book from Phil and Lee. So that will come out to both of you. I'll get both of you details. I have both of you on Twitter, so. I'll drop both of you DM after the show and I'll get your addresses and I'll pop them onto Wayne and um, then as well and we'll get that we'll get that sorted at the end of the show. But thanks very much everyone for watching. Thanks very much everyone's support this this year. And then um, we do have a lot more podcasts coming this week and they'll go into new year in twenty twenty two as well. So thanks very much everyone for watching. Look most importantly, hit, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button, hit the bell notification, and you will get the no- notification of our match reaction um tomorrow Well, until then guys thanks very much and we'll be back next week
0: away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com